Dustin Johnson gets it done in impressive fashion over in another desert on the other side of the pond with four scores in the 60s. Really impressive. And Ricky Fowler gets it done in a totally different desert, closer to home, by holding on for a win at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We've been looking for this and waiting for this for a long time, and he did it in very professional fashion. Awesome discussion on this Data Monday. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, a Data Monday, where we'll discuss the data that matters. First, and just off the bat, wanted to congratulate Dustin Johnson, who won the inaugural, a Saudi international, played over in Saudi Arabia, to some controversy which we are not a political show, so we will not get into it. Just uh, happy to see, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson play well. He shot a, a final round, 67. Here, here's his rounds here. 68, 61, 65, 67, 19 under par gets the job done. And for his efforts, he was awarded 508,260 euros, which converted in today's dollars is $581,070. So congratulations to him. Plus the pile of appearance money, which we are never privy to. A pretty good weekend for Mr. Mr. Dustin. So good for him. Hope he travels home safely. But hey, what a nice way to go and play in the, the other desert and win a little money. So on to then this week's tournament. The Waste Management Phoenix Open. First and foremost, really cool that the Waste, manage, that waste Management has re-upped for another 10 years, which is completely incredible. I know we talked earlier about what they do for Phoenix. They donate a lot of money. They raise a lot of money with the Thunderbirds. They do a great job. If you watched it yesterday, you had to feel somewhat badly for Brandon Grace, who the 16th hole, he was booed unmercifully. I mean, it was brutal. He was booed when he made a par. They obviously were pulling for Ricky Fowler. And and I guess I get that. We all have our favorites. And Ricky Fowler has definitely proven himself to be worth being uh, someone to cheer for. He's come close at the Phoenix Open before. And so I think there was a, a lot of us who maybe were pulling for Ricky. He has never on the PGA Tour had a 54 hole lead and finished the job. So there was definitely some intrepidation, I guess, going into the final round for him. And, uh, and then when you saw the conditions and all that, that was, um, you know, so rare and so nasty. Very rarely, when you're watching the PGA Tour, do we see them playing in weather that is so poor that we ourselves wouldn't play. And that was definitely a day where I would not have played in those conditions. I'm a complete wimp when it comes to weather. You know, if it's colder than 50 degrees, I'm not playing. If it's raining, I'm not going to play. Um, but that, hey, there it was. They all had to play in the same stuff. So, but that brings up this Brandon Grace situation brings up th- this idea of, and, and Michael Breed went into it today on his show. And I, I, I kind of get what he's saying, but I also have, but you also have to say to yourself, We've kind of created this monster. And Michael Brief kept calling it the wasted, the wasted management open, which, okay, 
it's funny. They definitely are drinking a lot of alcohol beverages and seem to be enjoying themselves. Um, it's rare that you have a, a tournament where the entire stands are, or at least a lot of them are sloshed by 9 a.m. But that seemed to be what the case is now at the 16th, where it's sort of a contained area of debauchery that is probably illegal outside of the gates, but they let it kind of go there in, in this tournament. So it's definitely a different atmosphere to what we are used to on the PGA Tour. But when it crosses over and you're trying to influence a guy's game so that they lose and somebody else that you're pulling for wins, they become very boisterous because of this liquid courage they're pouring down their gullet. It, um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard. And then you throw into this thing. Here's the hard thing about it for me is you look at the Waste Management Open. You have to say to yourself, Phoenix Open, and you have to say to yourself, wow, they're amazing, right? They're a zero waste tournament. So on one hand, this tournament can arguably be stated that it is the most responsible tournament on the PGA Tour. They are zero waste. They are protecting the environment. They are sponsored by a group that, that makes obviously makes a lot of money, but does so in what most of us would consider to be a very responsible and enlightened manner. So you have to tip your cap to them and say, wow, that is amazing. Arguably the most responsible tournament in the world, right? Zero waste. But then on the other side, you've got this whole 16 that's now spilling over to 17 and really... Let's, let's be honest, it's spilling over to the entire course where you probably have the most irresponsible tournament PGA Tour. So we're running the gamut here from the most responsible to the least responsible. Yeah, it's two different, totally different situations. These drunk people are recycling their beer bottles. So, hey, you know, good for them. But it's just a weird tournament. And you've got a lot of players that probably embrace it and think it's great. Those that are loved, Ricky Fowler thinks it's great. He loves playing there. Brandon Grace probably doesn't feel so hot about it. Being booed for a par. Uh, being booed because he's not of, of this tour and, and not of this country and they were pulling for somebody else. So there's, there's some questions there. How do you best address this? I don't know. It's very tough because... Uh, the Golf Channel, those that are marking it kind of love the 16th hole. They're getting a lot of run and play out of it. You're selling a lot of tickets that's generating a lot of money for the waste management who's doing a great job with the zero waste, right? It's just a confusing question. The dichotomy between these, these two occurrences, the super responsible and the least responsible, it's crazy. It's an amazing tournament. The Ricky Fowler day of golf was tough to watch with, uh, you know, a double, a triple and a bogey in there that really made things sort of interesting. Actually lost the lead to Brandon Grace for a while. And I believe that Brandon Grace walked off the 16th green kind of going, I just got booed for making a par. What is going on here? And I think that I had to scramble him a little bit. Rarely does any golfer ever have to deal with that. And I think he was faced with something he never felt or dealt with before, and now he's got all these weird, all this stuff going on in his head. Like, man, these people really don't want me to win. Where normally in a golf tournament, you really can't tell. Now he walks to the 17th tee, and he hits his drive, and it trickles into the water. Uh, tough. That was tough to watch. You can't take anything away from Ricky Fowler, birdieing 17 and give him a little distance. I mean, that was, uh, that was, that was tough. That was really tough golf. I had a hard time with the penalty. I had a hard time 
watching his ball basically hydroplane and then trickle off and go into the water. That was tough to watch. It was hard to watch golf. But the one thing that came out of it for me was utmost respect for Ricky Fowler. He was dealt some really bad breaks out there. Horrible breaks. And we know Ricky's an emotional guy. In the aftermath of the Sergio Garcia thing over in the European Tour and his DQ because of his unprofessional um, behavior, it was amazing to watch Ricky Fowler walk around that golf course as a total pro. He was patient. He was determined. He never stopped fighting through. And he told us at the end of his interview that it wasn't fun. But you would expect somebody with that amount of pressure, with his history to kind of fold in on himself, and he didn't. He held the 54-hole lead, and he got it done, and he went through unbelievable turmoil and trial to get it done, but he did it. So really cool and super happy for him. So let's dive into the data that matters then, which is amazing, which is fascinating. And I wanted, I don't normally uh, do this, But it was interesting to me to see that Ricky Fowler performed differently each day. We know that he he had a very strong first three days, incredibly strong three days to give him, you know, uh, quite a cushion going into the final day's round. But if we look at his rounds day to day, we can kind of see how his stats change. So I know that we just kind of look at them overall, but really quickly in his first round, Ricky Fowler shot a an opening round 64. Right? So one eagle and five birdies and no bogeys. Totally clean card. He averaged 318 yards per drive and he hit the fairway 79%. He hit the greens in regulation 78%. And his strokes game putter putting was 2.4 strokes. So he gained 2.4 strokes that day on the field. Friday, his driving distance was 316.8. But his driving accuracy fell down to 57%. But his greens and regulation went up to 83%. Strokes gained basically even. He didn't gain anything on the field in putting. So his putting was very average. But he goes out and, and has seven birdies, one bogey for a 65. Third round. This was fascinating to me. Ricky averaged 335 yards off the tee. I mean, he was all out going and he hit the fairway with his driving accuracy was 79%. That is unbelievable. When you hit it that far, it's that he had total control of his ball, which is a new tailor-made ball, right? But with all that extra length, he hit the greens at 67%. So not his best approach shot percentage at all for the week, but he... He gained on the field 3.8 strokes in putting. So his putting was on fire. So we're kind of seeing this mixed bag day to day to day. Ricky Fowler wasn't good in all parts of his game every single day. But he had certain areas of his his game that were really good. Now the last day, we kind of know how this went. the, The weather wasn't great. So his average drive dropped down to 305 yards which again, all of us would kill for. Driving accuracy dropped down to 64%. Remember, one day at 80%. So 64%, greens and regulation down to 61%. But strokes gain putting, 
he gained 3.3 strokes again on the greens. So again, putted lights out to get that thing done. Uh, amazing performance. So as we look at the, we'll go ahead and pull these in really quick, just so we have them. His prize money, 1.278 million for the week. Uh, his average then for the entire week was 318, 319 yards. Average uh, driving accuracy for the week, 70%. And his greens and regulation average for the week was 72%. Strokes gained for the week, he averaged 2.4 strokes per round on the field. So amazing play for Ricky Fowler. What is that sort of set up as far as his money goes? We said he made $1.278 million. That again is $320,000 a day, roughly $64,000 an hour, and for essentially $4,800 a stroke. Exactly the same stroke total for Justin Rose the week prior, 267 strokes. So that's how that all breaks out. Now, as far as Ricky and how he added up to our benchmarks that we've set up, but we'll go ahead and take a look at how Ricky Fowler did here. First off, our driving accuracy, we're saying that we need to be somewhere between 50 and 60% of our fairways, fairways hit. And we know that Ricky averaged 70% for the tournament, but for his career, at least for 2018, he averaged 63% right there on the top part of our benchmark. So Ricky wouldn't really have to work on his driving. Uh, greens and regulation. We're saying our benchmark is between 55 and 65%. Ricky averaged for this tournament 72% greens and regulation, but for 2018, he averaged 65%. So right up there at the top edge of that, that benchmark for us. Scrambling. I thought this was interesting. We, we're looking for 45 to 55% up and down around the green. Ricky does it 63% of the time. I thought it was much higher than that for Ricky. He always seems to be getting up and down from everywhere. So, but only 63% of the time, but still above our benchmark. So he's okay there. As far as sand saves, he, didn't, he apparently wasn't in the sand at all this week. So 0% there, but he averages 61%. Ricky's known to be a good uh, tour player from the sand. So 61%, which is well within our 30 to 50% benchmarks for ourselves. As far as putting, so we're saying over 25 uh, feet, we should make somewhere between 1% and 6% of those. Ricky Fowler makes 3.47%. As far as putting from 15 to 20 feet, Ricky Fowler makes 21% in 2018 for that. Our benchmark is 9 to 16, so very good there. Putting from 10 to 15 feet, uh, we're saying that we should make somewhere between 37 and 45% of those. Ricky Fowler makes only 33% of those. So 10 to 15 feet seems to be a struggle for him. And then from 5 feet, he makes 83%. From 4 feet, he makes 95%. And from, from 3 feet, he makes 99%. All within those averages that, that we've discussed. So again, our, Ricky would be considered to be, at least on our benchmarks, a little bit above what our benchmarks are, except in the 10 to 15 foot putting range, where we would say that's where Ricky should probably practice a little bit. And he is an aggressive putter. He likes to take some of the breakout, and so he misses some of those comebackers. But great to be with you on a Data Monday. Really fun to see Ricky Fowler win. And remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com. And we'll see you on the next episode.